The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Are You Afraid? Hashtag AH Stories, a PoppyChuloRadio.com original series, Poppy Chula Radio, celebrating a decade of podcasting excellence. Today is Monday, August 9th, 2021, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on FX on Hulu's American Horror Stories. Please welcome my co-host, Priscilla Rocha. Hey, everybody. Let's jump into our discussion of Season 1, Episode 5, which was titled... Ball. Wait, how do they pronounce it? It's just ball, right? That it, it's not ball, right? Isn't it ball? Because it's got a little, a little apostrophe. Okay, okay, because okay, that's what I thought. But they sent. I don't know. All right, let me do that again. Let's jump into our discussion of season one, episode five, which was titled "Ball," and aired on. Oh, not and aired. Ah, I can't talk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's do that one last time. Before I do anything, you know what I had over the weekend that was delicious from the poke shop that I go to? I had a, What'd you have? I had a taro uh, shake. A taro shake? Yeah, taro's good. Yeah. Well, no, I've had it as like a taro just tea, but I had it as a shake with um, strawberry popping in it, mm-hmm. and it was fantastic. It was really... It was almost much more vanilla-y as a shake than it is as just the regular milk tea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was quite delicious. I enjoyed it. I thought of you, because I know you like all that kind of stuff. You've, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. All right, let's do this again. In three, two, one. Let's jump into our discussion of Season 1, Episode 5, which was titled Baal, and premiered on August 5th, 2021, via FX on Hulu. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. A wife does the unthinkable for a chance at a successful pregnancy. Short, sweet, simple, straight to the point. Let's talk about it. It doesn't get... Everything, though. It doesn't get the, the, the second half of, of the episode. It just gets the first half. Oh, it does not get the second half. We will be talking all about the second half. But before we do any of that, let's talk about the theme of the episode. So, we've had haunted houses. We've had zombie-like, cannibalistic, manic, uh, primal creatures we had in the previous one a slasher motif and this time around we have demons but not just demons we also have uh, pregnancy horror which i'll be honest i didn't really know was like a thing until maybe a couple years ago when i started seeing people describing certain films as pregnancy horror and i was like well you know what i guess that is a thing uh, i mean you know what what's one of the most iconic pregnancy horror films 
Rosemary's Baby, and that's from decades ago. So pregnancy horror has been a thing for a while, even though maybe it didn't necessarily have that kind of definition. So uh, do you like these types of productions, Priscilla? Sort of demons, pregnancy horror, a little bit of gaslighting mixed in to a little bit of horror? I do. I think I think they're neat. I think you can do a lot with them. I think you can between like the baby blues and the whole all the hormones and just the whole confusing time that it is preg- that it, that pregnancy is and kind of almost like almost and I hate to say this but like almost parasite way that the baby grows within you like it's it is kind of like demony and it works really well with within that concept so yeah yes um i think i just heard priscilla say all children are demons so um <laughs> <laughs> that's how i interpreted what you just said maybe that isn't exactly how you put it but it was close enough ah uh, <laughs> yes I will say, I do agree with you, even in, in the, um, the spectacular way that you described it. But it is for all those reasons that uh, it is a fascinating horror subgenre. Because, you know, pregnancy is... I mean, there's science to it. So, like, we understand what's going on. But there's still almost, and maybe it's going to make me sound naive in saying it, but there is something almost magical about it. You know, a being growing inside of a woman. I mean, it's it's just, it's kind of crazy that that's how things work. But, it, I mean, there is science to prove that all that shit happens. Um, but because it's so, you know, it's kind of out of our mind how it all works... You know, because there is that, there is, you know, sort of like a treasure trove of fears and paranoias that come along with it, you know, especially if you're a new parent, that are chock full of, uh, you know, that, that can be mined, I should say, for horror productions. And, and that's exactly what this production does. So let's shift gears and talk about the characters. We've got AHS alum. Billy Lord as Liv, our star. I mean, she really is a star. She's the headliner of uh, the production. We've got Ronan Rubenstein as her husband, Matt. Uh, and, and then we have Treasure Trove of minor characters. But there, there are two leads. Uh, what did you think of Liv and Matt, Priscilla? Ooh, I love them. I, I, although I will say... I thought it was really weird that Billy Lord was playing everything kind of like flat affect, sort of, like almost tired. But then I was like, but she's pregnant and she just had a baby. So, of course, she's going to play everything flat affect and tired because she's just tired of everything. She's just had a baby. She's just she's taking care of it and just tired of life itself. Like it, it and she's going to the baby blues. It makes sense. So, so all of all of the things that normally I'd be like, why are you playing them that way? Like, made complete and total sense. Yeah, totally. I loved her in this role. She was so captivating to watch. 
uh, yeah, she, I thought she was the star. I mean, we're not at the MVP yet, and you're probably going to go for her, so I already know you're probably going to take her, maybe, as the MVP, so I will just give the kudos now. I, I thought she was fantastic in the role. Uh, she was incredibly captivating to watch. I was sucked into the story. Uh, as we've sort of been discussing, you know, it's, it's, this is an anthology series, so every week it's a brand new story that's supposed to be told over the span of, um, well, like last week, 36 minutes, this week, close to 50 minutes, and uh, I thought she did a really great job in that role. I also liked Matt, like I was sucked into him during the first half, or the first let's say 60% of the episode, there is a twist, and there's another twist after the twist. <laughs> there was, this was a twisty episode. Um, shout out to the clown. Uh, but th this was a twisty episode, but I was sucked into him. Like, I, I bought him for the most part, which uh, props to the actor because uh, he, he sold it for me. Uh, would, would, were there any of the sort of side characters that stood out for you, Priscilla? Um, I thought that the, the, the girlfriend, I should say, the, the, the receptionist <laughs> was, did a really good job playing her. Yes. Cause she, she was, she did a good job playing like a warm, like caring person at the very beginning. And I was like, oh, okay. Just this really weird person giving you an amulet, but. She just really wants you to have a baby. This this makes sense. And then later on, when it's revealed that she isn't exactly this new age occultist dream that is trying to get you to contact Baal, and she's actually your Matt's lover, then... I'm like, wow, 180, and she played that super well. Was her name Bernadette? Bernadette, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She she was she she did a really good job with that. I I thought that she was really good, and I thought the Asian guy, the one that that did the the tech, mm -hmm. played the like the acerbicness of like. Not ne not giving a shit about the fact that he was gaslighting a woman really well. <laughs> like, yeah. Like all of them seem to seem to like have fun have have fun making Liv's life hell, but he seemed to have had a lot of fun making like the the videos and making the raccoon. The raccoon... Claw marks and stuff. Uh, what's it called? Yeah, that 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 portion of of the of the plot. Like I thought, I thought that was pretty good. And he he seemed to like have like no heart for it. I was like, damn, this guy this guy really got into his role. He's really good. Yeah, I like Jake Choi. Like he was on one of my favorite shows, uh, Single Parents. It was a comedy that. Uh, launched um like two or three years ago um, and for, unfortunately just ran for two seasons but it was it's fantastic i love single parents and uh, he was a highlight in that and he played a very different character here on american horror stories so that was nice to see 
the range in him. I really liked Vanessa Williams as Dr. Berger. I, I thought she was really good and effective in her role. Um, I feel like out of the entire cast, the only two good people in this story are Liv. Well, it depends on what you think about what she did at the end. We'll talk about that in a moment. But <laughs> but Liv and Dr. Berger were like the, you know, the, the cinnamon rolls. You know, like they were the ones that I hoped would stay good to the end and that I wanted both to be protected from anything bad that happened. Everyone else, well, maybe Norma wasn't wasn't bad you know the the housekeeper but um everyone else seemed to be incredibly nefarious so let's talk about the nefariousness so the storyline deals with gaslighting matt is trying to drive his um his wife crazy um she so initially it starts off with them you know, doing all these IVF treatments or trying to get pregnant, or at least Liv really wants to get pregnant. And it seems like Matt is supportive. She um, inherited a whole lot, a whole lot, a whole lot of money. And he is a struggling actor. And she is given this amulet from Bernadette. It's an amulet of Baal. And uh, one night after some really intense sex, Apparently she gets pregnant because we pick up 16 months later and she is suffering from what appears to be postpartum depression and uh, Matt decides to take that to his, to use that to his advantage to drive her crazy and it's like you know a whole bunch of stuff from one of his friends actually dressing up as a demon to you know, another one setting up, um, you know, little uh, electronic devices to, you know, create, like, growling noises and the voice of Baal. We also have another one of the friends doing sort of, like, a smoke machine to make things look extra creepy. A Ouija board is thrown into the mix. And, uh, yeah, and all of this, you know, leads to a night where Liv does a, um, a banishment spell, uh, that, uh, doesn't go the way that she thinks it does, because she ends up stabbing her husband, and she gets sent to a mental hospital. So... Let's talk about all this. Let's talk about the main storyline with the first twist. When we find out that Matt and his friends are basically behind all of this. And Matt is in a relationship with the receptionist from the IVF facility. When did you suspect things were off, Priscilla? Did you, did you sort of get suckered into the story and, and realize it until the cars were being shown? Were you at all suspicious? At a certain point, this is American Horror Story, so we kind of do expect some supernaturally type of stuff. So, were you just buying the story as we were being sort of fed it? Um, I was buying the story up until they got the Ouija board out, and I was just kind of like, "Oh, come on!" Like, it, you, you guys coincidentally want to play the Ouija board, and you guys coincidentally have. He is mine coming out. No. You guys are fucking with her. Like, that's... 
And as soon as one of them said, like, you have friends, like, in the business, one of them being, like, a a film lover or something like that, like, or, like, in in tech, I was like, okay, that makes sense then that he got all of his friends involved to help him. So as soon as his friends mentioned that they had jobs in that, and that, and they played the Ouija board game. That's when I put two and two together, and I and I figured out that they were fucking with her. Yeah, same here. Maybe not to the extent that you had, but I thought the Ouija board was incredibly convenient. So I don't know. I don't know if that was the writers making us. I don't know if that was a hint from the writers, like you know, a one that that was like knocking us over the head. Or if it was lazy writing, I'm going to say that it was a hint because there was that other twist at the end. So I think the writers tried to be like, okay, let's let them figure out this twist because we've got that other one coming up. So um, I, I, at the end of the day, I did like it because it, it made me sort of very suspicious about Matt. Um, I still don't think I, at that point that I was watching it, because I've seen it twice now, that I was like, really that keen on the friends also being involved but when all of that was revealed all of it made sense and i do love that we were able to see via flashbacks exactly how the friends did it all i thought that was pretty brilliant as well as far as the second twist so they celebrate, you know, Liv is in the asylum. She basically tells her husband, I'm going to stay here until Dr. Berger says I'm fine enough to no longer be here. And uh, as they're celebrating, Baal actually shows up, murders the friends, and spares Matt, Matt sort of witnesses Ball doing it, so he knows that it's Ball, and he goes to jail for the murder of his friends in sort of um, trying to explain uh, the situation. He ends up confessing to everything that he and his friends had done with Liv. The police sort of assume that he killed the friends so that, uh, you know, he wouldn't have to pay them. Uh, when Liv shows up to visit him at the prison, he's basically like, it was Ball, I saw him, I saw him, you know, I, I need some money, can you hire an expensive attorney to, you know, prove my innocence, and this, that, or the other, and she's basically like, how dare you, you know, after everything you did to me, you think I'm going to help you, and when she goes home, we learn that, you know, maybe Bernadette didn't know what the hell she was talking about, but the book was real, it was a real spell. It wasn't a banishment spell. It was a summoning spell. And so that night, it, when the the first night I guess uh, at the um, the uh, in, in the asylum, she ends up, you know, she I guess she stole the page. Um, she snuck it into the asylum, and she did the spell, and actually summoned Baal. So, oh, and she also wants Ball to give her a baby before she releases him, which is a whole bunch of whole bunch of, um, it's part of the American Horror Story kinky sex stuff that, uh, it's severely been lacking, <laughs> but we're getting a whole bunch of it on American Horror Stories. What'd you think of that is twist? It just me or, is it just me or did she kind of look like number five from 
from like Scream um, Queens. Yeah, from Scream Queens <laughs> with like I want another baby. And she just kinda like looked at the camera and I'm just like, Oh my god, you look like Chanel. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny. Did you see this twist coming, Priscilla? No, I did not. I did not see that twist coming. Same here. My mind was blown. Like, I loved it. I'm still hella confused, though, because... So she summoned... The, I guess, if you actually think about it, it may, it's a little confusing. Because she summons Baal, but she didn't know that her husband had tricked her. You know what I'm saying? So Baal just ended up killing all those random people. And then it turned... You know what I'm saying? So then... He ends up getting pinned for it, and then the truth comes out, but she's still in control of all. So that maybe is a little too convoluted, but I still liked it. So, you know, I kind of have to put the convolutedness at the back of my mind, because it's still a pretty damn good twist. And the fact that she's going to have sex with him. With it. With... <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, one way to let, make a baby. let's hope it takes human form or something. I mean, there is always that problem, you know. <laughs> Good grief. Good grief. Brilliant, though. Brilliantly played by Billy Lord. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yes. Um, so, something that, uh, well, you weren't here last week, uh, Priscilla, but something that Vinny and I chatted about uh, during uh, the Naughty List episode was the fact that the deaths were really gruesome. You know, it was pretty damn awesome. And, and this time around, we got some gruesome deaths as well uh, with American Horror Stories, with the spinoff. They are amping up the gore, which has been very nice to see. I don't know if it's the difference between streaming and basic cable but it's been working for me uh, all of the deaths of the the friends even though some of it was done in the dark you know in in you know with sort of flashes of light but some of them are pretty grody and gnarly and in, in a really spectacular horrific kind of way uh, did they work for you didn't they take out like the spine of someone in some place yes. or something like that like your friend yeah the, um, like yeah I thought it was really cool. Yeah, yeah, your friend, I, the editor, I, I, or the, I, I, the special effects dude, he was the one that got his spine removed. The one that, that, that disappointed me was Bernadette's death. I thought of her death, like, just, like, choking was, like, eh. Well, it looked like they choked her and cracked her neck. There was, like, a crack. So. Yeah. It was a little weak for the fact that she did... Uh, Heavily. Well, she was heavily involved in the gaslighting. Like, everyone else, they were kind of accessories. You know, they they did things. They were part of the plotting and the scheming. And they followed through with their plan. She actually had an active role in it. Because she was involved. She was speaking to Liv. So her death should have been a little bit more gruesome. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, she had a heavier role to play. Uh, I, I, I love how you're like, the deaths are getting more gruesome, and I'm like, I want more. I know, right? That's <laughs> uh, true. They give us, you know, they give us a, a, a spoonful, and we want a bucket. It, it is true, though. Um, yeah. I, 
what did you think of the mythos in this episode? You know, sort of bringing in this demon, how they explained it and that sort of thing, how initially it was this fertility a god, and then it turned into a demon. What did you think of the new mythos that was introduced in this episode? Well, I thought it was pretty, like, cool, because it's, it's, it's true. Like, Baal is a fertility, like, god in pagan lore, and Christianity turned him into a demon because that's what they did with a, with a lot of pagan gods to switch it on its head for a bit in ye olden times and I to to do that to this character to Baal and to have it turn into this demon like literally on screen where you see like this little fertility totem turn into this demon was pretty cool and I I thought it was freaking hilarious that the Hispanic the, the cleaning lady was like, uh-uh, nope, I'm not no getting involved with these white people with the demons. I'm fucking leaving. And she was the smartest person there. She really was. She was like, no bueno. She ran off to live, basically. And uh, I give her props for that. I mean, life is much more important than whatever the hoodoo shit they were dealing with. Ain't that the truth? I thought the episode did a really good job with the creep factor. I thought the um, the soundtrack, the sound effects, the lighting, even some of the jump scares I thought were pretty effective. Like some of them you can kind of, they, they were a little bit orchestrated, but some of the, like especially the early ones, I thought were really effective. Um, I really enjoyed the atmosphere that they created in this episode. And to be quite honest, it, it's an, a bit of an atmosphere that at times is lacking on the mothership. But they were able to really captivate it in, or capture it in this episode. And they made it captivating. Yeah. Uh, what, what did you think of just the atmosphere and the mood of the episode, Priscilla? I loved it. I loved the whole, like, I think my favorite part of capturing the atmosphere was when she was going to go check on the baby and she kept looking at the monitor and the monitor kept changing. Like, little things like that, like, are just, they they amp up the fear factor of things. And you know yourself that, like, nothing is there because you're seeing, you're seeing the camera pan on the screen and you're seeing that nothing is next to her. It's just the monitor that's showing that there's a spirit or there's something there that's, that nothing shows up when it's next to her so there's obviously there's there's something faulty there's something wrong little did you know that it's uh somebody messing with you but still like it, it's 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 cool that little things like that manage to drum up the fear factor all, all the more yeah, totally. I think something that they used effectively was basically our modern technology. Like, having her use, um, I don't know, what was that, like, maybe an iPad? Or or, or was it was it the baby monitor the first time when she used that as the light to uh, 
check on. Oh, no, she used she used her phone. She used her phone the first time because yeah, it was like the blue screen. And then when she went downstairs, she actually used the the flashlight on the phone. But the first time when it was just like that, like the the phone screen, so it's like that blue light. I thought that was really well done. Because that light isn't as powerful as, like, let's say, a flashlight, so it kept the um, the the lighting incredibly narrow on her. So it, it it amped up the fear because she wasn't spreading a light that she wasn't using a light that spreads um, over a large area. So I, I thought that was really well done. Um, it, it sort of amped up the creepiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Priscilla. Was there anything that I missed? A small little moment or anything that you wanted to chat about before we head into the MVP? Um, I just wanted to mention that, like, that little totem that they used when it when it kept changing, it was creepy as hell. I thought it. I thought the 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 woman that worked on it or the woman that worked whoever worked on it in real life did an excellent job with that little totem because that totem was creepy yeah i'll co-sign the totem and i want to give a little bit of love to the opening credits uh they were creepy too Uh, i I love that each week it's a little bit different it's in tune with the theme of the episode and they did a really great job with it this time around Uh, there was a moment when there's some sort of effect in in the track and like these eyes open on the screen and i was like oh that was creepy in a good way loved it so now yeah <laughs> the opening the opening scenes are re- they they're really doing a good job with them this season totally so now it's time for the MVP, the most valuable player. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. Once a character has been chosen, they cannot be selected again. So, choose wisely. Priscilla, who's your MVP and why? Oh, thank you for letting me go first, because it has to be Liv. She carried this episode between her being scared at the very beginning with the baby and wondering whether she's a bad mom and wondering whether and you wondering whether or not the kid is a de- is a demon at the very beginning and later on figuring out that no the kid isn't a demon and nothing's wrong with that but later on figuring out that maybe that somebody's messing with her and then figuring out later that she can mess with them by releasing a demon to them like everything about that is just so cool and just boss lady of her at the end to to, to take the reins and to fig and to be and to figure things out for herself and to say no I'm not gonna let you take control of my life I'm gonna figure things out for myself and I'm gonna have my baby my own way I'm gonna have another baby and you're not gonna you're not gonna be a part of this either way like no way no how here so wow live for sure yeah she also gets the MVP because she has to have sex with that <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> that's true she has to have sex with the demon yeah I mean he didn't, wasn't really turning it down though like he was like release me until she was like I need a baby and then his wings embraced her so I mean there is that uh, you have the right choice. Yes, Liv is the MVP. Billy Lord 
was spectacular. Uh, I will give an MVP, you know, since I have to. And and the other character that I would select, I just, I, I sort of said it already, but I really enjoyed Vanessa Williams as Dr. Berger. I thought she played the role really well. I thought she was uh, incredibly compassionate. Like, I, I believed her. Like, there was a moment when, I, I'm in, like, the rewatch, I was like, could she have been in on it? You know, because he did, you know, bring up the card and this, that, or the other. But I was like, no, you know, because he talked about switching out the drugs, and, and if she had been in on it, she would have given her, you know, the wrong drugs and that sort of thing. And also, she probably would have been there at the celebration, let's be real. Um, so I'm glad that she wasn't in on it. I'm glad she was just a genuinely concerned uh, doctor, and she played that role really, really well. Um, I like seeing her in horror. I mean, she was in Candyman. She's going to be in the new Candyman that's coming out in a couple weeks. I will not be going into the theaters because the thing that's scarier than Candyman for me is COVID. But I, I do look forward to seeing that at some point. And um, she looks great in that from the trailers. So now it's time to rate the episode. How would you rate this episode? On a scale of 1 to 10 fertility statues, the point system is allowed, and if you found the episode exceptional, deserving more than a 10, you may grant it the coveted golden fertility statue. Priscilla? I have to give it a golden fertility statue. I loved it. I thought it, I thought it had, like, peak. I, I thought it had, like, a, a little hint of cheekiness to it at the end, where, like, you... She's like, I'm, I want to have another baby. And, like... It it had it had humor to it, but still having a little bit of like horror to it with all of the deaths that 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 were done to Matt and his lover and his college friends and but you still had a live like surviving everything and being a final girl sort of like it it was it was the epitome of like postpartum like winning. It was everything that you want in a series. It's it's what you wanted in Rosemary's Baby. So, yeah, for sure. Golden totem. Totally. I co-signed with you a golden fertility statue, fertility totem from me as well. Uh, it was a fantastic episode. It, it's the type of episode that I want on American Horror Stories. This one... And Drive-In are my two favorites of the season so far. Both very different, but incredibly entertaining. Very rewatchable. Uh, chilling, thrilling. Um, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the episode. I thought all of the actors did a really good job. And in particular, Billy Lord was uh, fantastic in this episode. So golden for me as well. Now, the big question that I always like to ask at the end, do we want to see any of these characters or actors again? Uh, would we want to see a sequel with Liv maybe in a future season? Or some of the supporting cast that we were introduced that haven't been on either the Mothership or uh, or this? You know, would we want to see any of them? Not their characters, but just the actors again? Ooh, technically you could totally see Liv again, cause considering, like, her baby is the son of a demon and you know the son of a demon like can totally cause like a whole bunch of like wreckage and like bad shit to witches it, as we've seen before in the mothership so i agree yeah totally a sequel see, might be interesting totally that yeah a sequel but, might be interesting 
Matt and everyone else, not, I don't think we will see them again. Well, on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of Are You Afraid? Hashtag Age Stories. Here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for Are You Afraid? AH Stories and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. My co-hosts, please wish the listeners a good night. Good night, everybody. Thanks for Keep tuning your totem in. Safe. Oh wait, who were you saying? Keep your totem safe. Yes. Don't leave them under the bed. That isn't nice, right? <laughs> well, it's better than leaving them in the closet in well, the side of the paper. Yeah, that is true. That is true. But you don't leave them under the bed for sixteen months anyway. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of Are You Afraid? Hashtag Age Stories every Tuesday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Papi Chula Radio Archives. Good night.